Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Point Conversation. I, once again, am the Wizard of Jaws filling in for the podfather, Matt Johnson, who's working that OT, burning the midnight oil, doing, I don't know, probably starting his OnlyFans or something for all I know. Uh, and I am joined, I actually have a partner this week, which is cool. Brian Finch joining me on discussion topics. What's up, buddy? Hey. I uh, like to be going as my alias now. Uh, I am the brain. <laughs> uh, great nickname stemming off of a fun typo on my end in our little group chat. Literally happens hundreds of times a year to me. Oh, I 100% believe that. And I'm excited for it. So uh, Brian, the brain Finch and joining me for discussion topics as we go into the week nine takeaways i will let you take it away with this one and kick us off on discussion topics here on two-point conversation yeah it's a it's a catchphrase for me um it's not true for everyone in the league but as everyone knows uh big bills fan here and uh the phrase i have come to embrace is in the nfl humility is only one week away you can get knocked off your pedestal real quick real hard and uh happened to our boys uh, there's some lasting lingering effects from even that game, which sucks. We'll get into later, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, there's some teams in this league that I'm trying to figure out and I just, I can't play some. And unfortunately they're in our own division. Um, as well as I think the NFC is at best a two horse race. It's kind of where I'm at. So AFC right now, it's there's some teams up top that are really surprising with the way they can play sometimes. And then in the NFC, it's it's literally just the Eagles and then on a good day, the Niners. Yeah. That's it. No, I, I agree with that across the board. I mean, we saw what the Panthers were doing. I mean, they didn't do well this week. <laughs> but but like even last week, like messing around, I'm like, what is going on in the NFC? Like, seriously, guys, wake up, wake up. We're what this is week, we're heading into week 10 already, like week nine, whatever. Like, come on, guys, like halfway point, let's do this thing. And some teams still can't figure it out. Yeah, it, it's weird. I that was probably one of my consistent takeaways last year was just the parody of the NFL, of the NFL being insane. Um, this year is probably worse maybe question mark he said raising his voice at the end of the sentence to put the inflection on not really knowing what he's talking about uh but i mean it, it's it's brutal some of the some of the things are brutal that are going on in the league this year and uh we'll get to some of them as we go here uh any other takeaways mm. Mm. okay how about this one Kirk Cousins last night is on the Manning cast during Monday Night Football, which is my preferred way of watching Monday Night Football now. I'm addicted to it, especially when the guests aren't on and it's just Eli and Peyton talking chop. Like, it's it's the best. Like, that's all I ever want to do when I watch football because I want a clicker in my hand. I want to be able to pause and rewind in live time. Like, what the hell happened? I want to see this. Okay, this is what happened. You know, but Kirk Cousins said, it's so weird coming out of his mouth. He goes, the quarterback play around the league is well below what is expected of an uh, well, of what we thought was expected of a NFL quarterback. 
like on on average across the league, he's saying. And I'm like, hold up, dude. You're literally I have a line and it's 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 bonds between two quarterbacks. There there's the there it's been either the Tannehill line or the Kirk Cousins line. If you ever have a quarterback who's worse than those two quarterbacks, you clearly need another quarterback. If you have a quarterback who's like those quarterbacks, you also don't have a quarterback, but at the same time, good luck finding someone better because each time you want to step up and how good a player is, it's that much harder to find that one. And like you keep going up in the tiers and you start finding other quarterbacks who are better than Tannehill. It's like, okay, but how many of those are in their league? Oh, there's only like five guys like that in the league. Well, I want a guy like Mahomes. There might only be one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like each time you bring up another quarterback, you raise up that level. So Kirk Cousins being the one to call out all the quarterbacks, I was like, first off, sir, you have some nerve. <laughs> With the well, way listen, he, play football. he likes that. That's all there is to he just likes it. Well, because he can mess around in this <laughs> this league now, maybe. Like everyone's playing lower, so he's like, Maybe we got a chance. <laughs> I, like talk about a dude who is fantastically average. Yeah. Like I, I like there's no other way to put it. Kirk Cousins plays just well enough to keep getting incredibly lucrative contracts, but not good enough to take him to the next level. He's that guy. He is the existence of quarter quarterback purgatory. Yep. Where he shows flashes of like, maybe we can win with this guy, but then uh, I don't know if we can, but then, Oh, it's going to be time to pay him after this year. Maybe we can move on and see what's up. Uh, he played good enough where if we lose him, like, can we replace him? I don't know. Question mark. Like it's, it, 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 that's such a great, it, it's the Kirk Cousins line. Like, Cause again, who like, Oh, well, what about like Derek Carr? Well, that's a lateral step in my opinion. Yep. You know, you didn't, fantastically you didn't average. Yeah. yeah. But then like, Oh, next guy. I'm like, what about Lamar? Yeah, dude. Good luck. Like that dude's one of a kind. Right. Or like even this year, like who who's playing like above their, like punching above their weight class right now. I mean, obviously it is cousins, but you know, even man, I don't know. I don't, I wanted to call out, I, I guess Tua, but at the same time, I don't know if Mar- this is Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Yeah. But then he also like, gives me so many feels of like, He's not a good quarterback because <laughs> he's, he's not. Yeah, I have my I have my own issues with him and his his approach to the world, but yeah, that's uh, another another story for another time. But I'll say right now, I think he's kind of wimpy. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a big big sobbing wet lady part because <laughs> I and like listen that 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 for me is you lost your job to Tannehill. And then you got moved to the Raiders and they were like, oh, are you going to come in and try to fight for a starting job? And he went, nope, I'm the backup. K bye. And like, come on, man. Like you're an NFL football player. You should want to start like understand. Like, listen, they brought me in to be the backup, but like, I'm going to do everything in my power to be ready. Should I be called on? No, he like, no, he ordered a custom embroidered, embroidered, uh, uh, clipboard. <laughs> yeah, he he bedazzled his own clipboard. Like, you know, had 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 the headset custom fit to be comfortable around his 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 specific head. Yep. What a goon. Uh, so diving into my takeaways, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about how the Eagles are basically the uh, the Steelers team that went 11 and 0 before they took a downturn because of who they're beating. Listen, they're not squeaking by bad teams. They're dominating people. 
they're putting points up on the board across the board. They're probably the one that you could say like, oh, uh, they, they squeaked a, you know, a tight win against the Lions. First off, in week one. Second, that Lions offense was clicking on all cylinders because everyone was healthy. And oh, by the way, they were up by 17 at one point and kind of like coasted to that win, which ended up being closer than the score was closer than that game actually was, in my opinion. The Eagles are legit. I don't care that their schedule looks like it's soft as baby shit. That that team is legit. Uh, the Packers, on the other hand, suck. The Packers absolutely suck. They're lost. Um, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers for about a split second. Then I remember that he's kind of a jackass and I no longer feel bad for him. Um, but again, I, I think it's hilarious that you have another team looking at you in the fourth quarter chasing 17 and they look at you allegedly one of one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation and von miller looks at you and goes why are you guys running the ball so much and he goes it's what they're calling <laughs> his answer was, i don't know man it's what coach said which you know it's the first time he's listened to the coach in 10 years yeah with you know, with what comes with that is acknowledgement of I don't really want to throw to these guys either. <laughs> yeah, if I don't throw to them, they can't look bad. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders finally found out that uh, Devontae Adams can play football and still found a way to lose. That was fun because the Raiders are going to do Raiders things. I'm not going to make a crash and burn joke. It's too soon. Too soon. But, uh, I mean, running away with this one at one point yeah. and didn't score a single point in the second half. Not good. Not good. Vita told me at the beginning of this year that the uh, Rams-Bucks game was not only going to be not really all that important, but also boring as all hell. I'd have told you you were crazy. But the Rams and the Bucks, whew, talk about teams in trouble. Glad, you know, I, I don't feel bad for Tom. I really don't. I feel a little bad for Stafford, but I feel like the Rams are on a Super Bowl hangover, the likes of which would resemble the hangover I had from the Bills four o'clock game when I got absolutely blitzkrieged. Um, yeah, this feels like that for them. And last but not least, it wouldn't be discussion topics if I didn't say during my takeaway portion, the Cardinals suck. I was was wondering when they were going to make their appearance. (laughs) Always. Every week at some point. I uttered it to my wife uh, while we were casually watching that. And I said, (laughs) you know what? You know what the Cardinals do? They suck. suck. I I don't like Cliff Kingsbury, though. It's been an easy one for me all along to not enjoy. And then I was fine with Kyler until this year where it does seem like he's he's a brat, man. I mean, it is very, and I wish I could go and find the graphic way back from last year. I think it was, and it was, you know, it's Murray stats with and without D hop. And then you see his second game back when he's doing well, he's putting up numbers and he's making your offense relevant again. And you're going to argue with him on the sidelines. Yeah. Listen, Grogu, sit down, shut up and throw him the football. That's all you have to do. He'll make you look good. I promise. He's been doing it your entire career. Figure it out. Yeah, because you can get guarantee um, that when they finish screaming at each other like that, 
they don't come together like other wide receiver co- uh, quarterbacks would and kind of like really hash it out, get on the same page and go help their team, whether they win the game or not. But like, you know, go back to being a positive influence in your team, not a, a distraction, not this negative part that people, you know, I latch onto it like right away. I'm like, there is a severe chemistry issue and it stems from your quarterback and unfortunately, this coach picked this quarterback, so therefore it also stems from him. Where I think Cliff is a little more even keeled than Kyler, but like I remember Devonte Adams having a little uh, bitch fist uh, fest with uh, Carr that day, and they hashed it out. They went back. Then they weren't great that game, but it didn't seem like I didn't think like, oh, you know, Adams is going to be a problem now, or, or up oh, Carr's you know losing the locker room. It, doesn't feel like that. I could totally see that happen in the Cardinals, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, because yeah. there's one thing to to not have a good game, and there's one thing to like not have a good season, but to not have those things and then also have no accountability, not good, not good. You got to be put in the work to show it. You know what I mean? And, and wear it, wear the losses. Like Josh Allen after the game, literally coming out and just saying, "I played like you can't win games in your quarterback." plays like shit so yeah it's definitely uh definitely in it, just an interesting the, the, everything there is interesting it just surrounded in suck with some interesting dramatic stories in the background and i i don't know i some of the stuff that kingsbury did this year with the whole letting murray call plays and stuff and being seeing how bad he was at it was funny to me and like a coaching move but then like you see the stuff on the sidelines and like you chose a quarterback who suddenly you have to put a study clause in and then you take the study clause out because it got went public and now you look like an asshole. I don't know. Makes me makes me suspicious. Yep. But a discussion topic number two, Frank Reich is out. Jeff Saturday is in. Uh thoughts on the moves in Indy. I will take this one to start. Uh Frank Reich out. Uh it's about time. That one long time coming, in my opinion. Uh, especially after it came out that Reich didn't call any plays in Philly that he just read rode Peterson's coattails to that one. Um, you know, and then hearing about the struggles, I mean, and again, you can't blame him for the quarterback carousel of the, uh, the geriatric QB room that they've had for four years, but he's just, it, I liked Reich and I wanted him to do really, really well in this position, but it just didn't seem to really catch. And, uh, as far as the Jeff Saturday move, I'm intrigued. This is either going to go really, really well or really, really bad. Um, you know, a couple couple guys with NFL coaching caliber uh, pedigrees in the ranks that just got skipped over for a dude who's never even coached in college. Uh, a lot of time with playing with one of the one of the greats. You know, making the calls on the offensive line, being that guy, but doing like running and managing a football game is not playing center. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see them to see this. I think people are coming out publicly supporting it because that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. But I really don't think there's a lot of real, like actual support for this move. Uh, it's just not something I think, you know, really fits the bill. So, um, yeah, I, again, this is going to, this is a boomer bust move with Saturday stepping in. Um, I, I, and I hope the best for him. I really do. I, I've always liked Jeff Saturday. I always been a fan. I don't know, man. Coaching is different, and getting your first coaching job as an NFL coach, weird. It is weird. 
he didn't really even he didn't transition at all to like a positions coach like Vrabel's ascension to a above average well above average head coach I think is you know gonna go out and prove you know that he might be rare he may he may be one of a kind I think that uh Jeff's situation is similar but so different that it's not gonna work in the way that they think it is you know Jaws, I was <laughs> I was reminded of when thinking about this and you know obviously the two-point group chat has a lot of influence on this but um I was thinking about when we did the uh mo- the mock draft where we recorded some different people from the network right and uh, I handed you the Vegas uh Raiders for the handling their draft picks. <laughs> uh, I think Jim Ursay was hanging out in uh, that room for a while uh, when he was making some of these decisions. I, it's very, it's weird. It really is because it's not, he's, he hasn't been a position coach in the NFL. Like he, the only locker room he's ever led has had a hall of fame quarterback on the roster a first ballot hall of famer that shattered how you play football in the NFL. Like it's different. <laughs> you're not, you're not the same guy that you carry with around with you um, as a head coach, as you are as a center, right. like s- centers, you know, you scream, cuss, yell all you want, but you know, at the end of the day, you get to go out and play. You get to go out and back it up with physical actions. A head coach, you don't get to do that. No, you know what I mean it's it's a totally different mentality because it's about inspiring someone else to go out and do their best with you not being able to physically do anything about it. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested with that because, I, and that's a great point. You know, you bring up, you know, you you scream, you yell, you throw stuff in the locker room, you get in somebody's face, but then you go out and you ball people on the offensive line. Uh, you know, but he still has that to look back on. He still has that to to pull from to be like, you know, he he can level with these guys. And uh, you know, I'm doing this and I did this not all that long ago. Um, you know, so that might help. But at the same token, you know, we we've seen guys try to go and be be something as a head coach. Matt Pat- uh, Matt Patricia comes to mind. You know, goes to Detroit, tries to be Bill Belichick, and realizes he doesn't have the stones to be that. And to do the, you know, the lion's way or, you know, the, the lion's version of the Patriot way. And then circles back on it. You can't do that as a coach. You got to be willing to stand firm on what you, what you believe in and, you know, either get guys to believe or find guys that will. And coaching is a, a very much learned skill. Yeah. You know, uh, I believe that there are people who are born to be coaches, but you're not born a great coach. You know, you, you don't, you just don't step into coaching and figure it out that day. Like it's willing to learn, willing to know. And again, willing to learn and know at the highest level, ooh, that's tough. Mm. Well, the good news is, is, uh, he's taking over a non-winning team. So it's not like he can do much worse. I was going to say, can't get, can't get much worse comes to mind. Um, speaking of things that can get much worse. Discussion topic number three, I I don't even want to say it out loud, but concern over Josh Allen's UCL injury, uh, how much this can alter the season depending upon how serious the injury is. 
Yeah, concern levels around a three right now. Out of five, three out of five. Like above above thinking about Because I, I do know that this is an injury he can come back from without surgery because he's done it before and other quarterbacks have done it before. And it's actually far more common for them to not have surgery. So like all that stuff like backs up, like not being too concerned, but with, you know, got to find out. So until we find out, I don't really have a lot to say about what this means for the future. Obviously if he's out for anything more, then a game, you automatically start knocking things off the list. You know, number one seed in the playoffs, probably gone. Um, then you gather a couple more losses if he's out three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You know, now you're talking about you may not even host a home playoff game. You know I mean? You're going to have to be a, a wild card team that, that plays on the road. I've said all along that when it comes to this Bills and the fact that we came out as a strong number one bet uh, in Vegas that it's on treaded water and I'm going to enjoy it until there's nothing left to enjoy. And it's, it's the wells running dry right now. I think a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of that early season hype. I mean, we were doing so good, but facts are facts. Uh, the Buffalo bills offense is 80% Josh Allen. And that continues to be an issue. And then once you take Josh Allen out of the equation, now what? Right. Yeah, I, I'm i a little bit more on the hopeful side of this. Uh, I, I do get a kick out of it. I said this in the two-point chat, uh, which I don't know if you saw, but I basically said anybody and everybody who's calling for, you know, he's out for the season, he needs Tommy John, um, obviously doesn't know, underst- like doesn't know and understand UCL injuries and uh, what happens when somebody needs Tommy John. And I can tell you from currently dealing with my own UCL injury on my throwing arm. Um, yeah. If it's even partially torn, he'd have thrown like he'd have known when he did it, he'd have thrown that next ball that he dirted and would have walked off the field, holding his elbow next to his side being like, Nope, I can't. Instead, the dude goes out and hucks a ball 70 yards. The furthest air uh, the first furthest ball thrown in the air in the last six years, yeah. on a dime, mind yep. you, and in, in, in the bucket, man. <laughs> yeah, should should have been caught. Uh, should have been pi at the same time. All of the above. So, uh, yeah, I I'm very hopeful on that side. Like you said, you know, the I I I saw a thing today. I think it was um, there have been like ten quarterbacks since somewhere in the '90s. I think it was that have had similar injuries to this and none of them have needed surgery to fix it yeah. where almost every pitcher in baseball or every player in baseball who has a UCL issue ends up needing some type of uh, needing surgery to some extent, mm-hmm. uh, surgery re- repairs, uh, my, my brain's on insurance, uh, surgery, uh, recovery is far longer than, than this. Um, you know, some people have equated this to the issue that Mariota had, and how he was never the same, or you know, he wasn't the same for a year plus. Uh, other people equating this to Big Ben's injury, and he how he never recovered. Um, uh, Josh is different. He, Josh isn't Marcus Mariota. We already talked about Mariota being being a little soft. Josh isn't soft. Um, Josh is also not thirty five and in the twilight of his career. 
he's also a freak. Like he's just a physical freak. If there's anybody who can who can work through it this or you know work through it in a short period of time, it's Josh fucking Allen. But yeah, if he's out long term, we're fucked. So, so you're not concerned. <laughs> I I am. I still am. You know, because you never know. And I was, I've been hopeful. You know, of Trey White coming back sooner. I've been hopeful that you know Poyer would stop being so banged up. I've been hopeful, like, and all things like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And all of a sudden, guys are missing two, three, four weeks after. Like I'm sitting there going, uh, I don't know. They seem to be trending in the right direction. And part of me is like. Are we intentionally being cautious with people or are we like, are they more banged up than we thought they were? You know, it's, and part of me likes that our coaching staff plays things close to the chest, but other parts of me are like, I want to know. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Diggs's tweet today? Did you see it? Uh, Rejoice. I, you know what, I think, I think he knows how much the Bills have their hand on the heartbeat of the city. I don't think he would tweet that to troll. So either that is something ill-advised that has nothing to do with Josh, or that was his little, like, sneaky way of being like, I talked to my boy, we're going to be good. And he is the one to kind of like mess around on Twitter a bit too. That's yeah. the only thing that gives me pause. I'm like, all right, he's he's goofed around a little bit before. I I just don't see this being a topic of goofing around. No, no, not yeah, not, this, not that of romance. No, and like when his ability and his production is directly like directly aligned with Josh playing, like I I just feel like your best friend and the dude who gets you the football. Yeah. You're not going to fuck around with that one. Unless, like, unless that was like completely, completely sarcastic. Like, Oh, case Keenum starting rejoice. Like, but again, I just, I don't see, I see him having a little bit more tact than that with this situation. So if that has to do with this situation, I think it's good news. Gotta hope. Gotta, Gotta hope. hope. Uh, discussion topic number four, the Vikings are an easily forgotten seven and one football team uh, currently leading their division and double checking my stats here, uh, leading their division. And it's not close. They're seven and one. The Packers and the Bears are three and six. The Lions are two and six. Um, the sad part is the Lions or the Packers are on a five game losing streak and still in second place in the division. Yeah. But. Uh, Vikings are seven and one. Where do they stack up against the rest of the NFC, the, the rest of the NFL? And are they in the Super Bowl bubble, in your opinion? Um, I mean, you said it best. This is a two horse race. Uh, I think the Eagles are incredibly elite. And I think the 49ers are really going to prove to be tough, like tough contenders. Mm hmm. I put the sea or I put the Vikings in a in a conversation with like the Cowboys, the Seahawks, like like teams that are good, but probably not as good as their record shows. Uh, I think the Vikings are probably the best of that group. Kirk Cousins greater than Geno Smith. What a weird conversation, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> like what a what a what a time to be alive. Uh, and then you know, Cowboys and Dak doing well, but like uh, I don't know. Jerry Jones is out here pleading for OBJ to come to Dallas, and I mean. Zeke wants to eat, but then Zeke gets hurt and Tony Pollard does Tony Pollard things. And I, I feel like I haven't heard anything about the Cowboys or like no really noticed anything about the Cowboys this year, mostly because the Eagles are doing so damn well. Right. No, for sure. I also don't have a cow, a single Cowboy on except for their kicker on any of my fantasy teams. So that probably helps. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if they, they're going to go as far as Kirk Cousins can stack, can, can take them. I mean, you put, you put all any number of quarterbacks on this team and you're like, holy shit. Like, so, I mean, you put Pat Mahomes on this team. Oh my God. You put yeah. Josh on this team. Oh my God. You know, you put uh, again, Rogers, Brady, you know, even though Brady doesn't look like himself, then that team doesn't look like itself. But I mean, you put the, like any of the top five to seven quarterbacks on this roster. And you're talking about the Vikings, not only being, you're you're like you're probably already handing them the trophy. Like you, that doesn't happen with the Seahawks. That doesn't happen with the Cowboys. So I mean, the Vikings are as suit like they are the team that are going to go as soon as as far as Kirk Cousins can go. And we talked about earlier, fantastically average, which means might win a playoff game. Should especially because you you're going to be hosting, right? winning your division, get to host that one, at least one. So, right. So at, th- at this rate, if they were to, uh, they would be the two seed at the moment and hosting. So the Cowboys would be three. The Sorry. The Cowboys would be five. The giants would be six. So they'd be playing the giants. And they should win that. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they can withstand a lot of injuries. Like you, we know Delvin Cook from playing fantasy football. He's he gets nicked up, but that's the one spot I feel confident in. That if they lose their starter, Madison pops in, you're all right. You barely lose anything, right? Or maybe you don't, in some people's opinion. Um, but I don't feel the same about wide receiver because I've kind of seen Adam Thielen in the number two role. Now you're going to ask him to be the number one if you're out Jefferson? I don't like that. You know, that that transition doesn't work for me. Not in 2022. Right, and I don't feel very strong about their defensive line taking any sort of punishment. They're one edge rusher loss away from really probably not having too much of an attack. You lose Smith, that's it. Yeah. You know? Next guy up isn't that strong. So I, I think they're well coached. And that's a good thing because it's a brand new coaching staff. So that's it's fantastic. And then, you know, they're maybe riding Kirk Cousins another year or two. I don't know. Uh, you have to. They're seven and one. How do you how do you take the quarterback out of a team that's gonna win the division? Right. You don't. You don't. So Come you on. bought you bought you bought himself <laughs> another year. Unless you're the Dolphins and you're on the verge of winning your division with Fitz, and then you decided to bench him for no reason, but that's another story. You know, and, and this is one of those weird ones. Like you know, people talk about the Eagles and the the soft schedule that they had, and you know how they're how eight no doesn't mean as much. I mean, we're talking about a team with a three point win over the Commanders, 
a just barely, nope, a one-score win over the Cardinals, who we've already talked about suck, uh, a one-score win over the Tuolus Dolphins, a one-score win over the Bears, a one-score win over the Saints, a one-score win over the Lions, got blown out by the Eagles, they blew out the Packers. So the only the only top tier team in there you got beat up by. The rest of those teams I don't consider. I mean the Dolphins are good, but when Tua wasn't in, they weren't great. And you squeaked out a twenty four sixteen win. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, are are the Vikings legit? I mean, is there a reason they're a forgotten seven and one team? Maybe, maybe, but maybe. Survey says probably. They wouldn't be a team. I mean, we're. I mean, there's a transition as to our next talking point too, a little bit. But they're not a team that I would seek out every week to put money on in the NFL, because right. it feels it feels like they're good enough to beat anyone, and they're they're just not good enough to lose you some money when you're betting against the points. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is betting on this is betting on Dawson Knox to score a touchdown every week. Uh, don't do You're it. Going to be disappointed a lot. Yeah, I I want I want to say that though, if they ended up having a better record and stayed in the number two seed over the Niners, I could see that, especially because of how many more division games they have left to play. You know, if they have to play each team, they just played the Lions twice already, didn't they? Uh, no, they got they did. They are playing them again. Okay, so like one of them, one of those. Divisional like opponents already played each other twice. Their their next two weeks are pretty tough with the Bills and the Vikings or the Bills and the Cowboys. Then they got the Patriots, who yeah, I mean, Charmin. Okay, the Jets, who have a really, I mean, what could be a very good defense. Then they got the Lions, the Colts, the Giants, the Packers, the Bears. So yeah. your next two weeks are tough. The next four. After that, if you're a legit contender, you should win. And then you get tested by the Giants before you round out with the Packers and the Bears, who by then you should be well in control of your division and coasting into the playoffs. So, like, I don't know if we're really going to find out who the Vikings are to the playoffs, and they could be that two seed that a, that a five seed looks at and goes, huh, cool. No, I, I definitely get that five. I'm trying I mean, to think. Imagine, imagine a six seed 49ers team going, Oh, we get to go play Minnesota. Cool. Yeah. Cause is Seattle leading right now? Yeah. By a couple games. Yeah. See, uh, yeah. Seattle six and three. The Niners are four and four. That's a rough four and four. I feel bad for the Niners. That is a rough four and four, but I mean they they they've looked pretty damn good since getting from McCaffrey, huh? Mm-hmm. And I just I believe in Shanahan. I think he's a, I think he's a not top tier, but I mean he's his, his record is what it is, and you know he's made some deep playoff runs. He just you know had won a playoff of our Super Bowl appearance, kind of blew it, but well, and I mean you want to talk about a team with a a soft schedule to round out, so. The Seahawks have the bu- the Bucks next week. They're on bye this week. Uh, right? My, is my math mathing? The 13th? 
don't know, maybe that's Monday night. I don't know, whatever. Um, but they got the they got the Bucks, the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers. Then they play the 49ers, who they lost to already. Then the Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. So that's much tougher. That's yeah, much I mean, tougher. the like the going Niners, Chiefs, Jets is tough, but the rest is okay. Yeah. Again, if you're a legit team that's going to win a division, you should win. You should win your next three. Sorry, I, I'd much four. rather have the Vikings remaining schedule. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll find out. But you brought it up in your uh, in your last little uh, tidbit there. Top, discussion topic number five: Your midway Super Bowl bets, teams that you would bet your paycheck on to make a run at the end. Um, the good, the bad, the outlandish. Let's hear them. What do you got? The one that I will place a bet on with the biggest odds in my favor, as far as put a little money down, big payoff in the end. Uh, it's probably somewhere between the Vikings and the NFC, and probably. I'm going to see the Bengals as far as right now, Vegas odds, you hop on this week, you get those odds locked in. And then at the end of the year, I think those two teams would be lower tier teams that I, that are actually playing very good football when we're talking about playoff football. But then like my locked in, throw it all on because how about this? Your Mayweather bet. You you got you're a millionaire, you know, multi 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 millionaire, and you want to throw a couple million on something. Dude, go ahead and throw it on the Chiefs. Go ahead. It would not shock me if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. They look great. There's nothing I can say about it. They do. Yeah, I'm. The next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I mean, so the Chiefs beat up on the 49ers a couple of weeks ago squeaked one out against the Titans. They got the Jags coming up. Well, the Titans have played better since losing to the Bills. Correct. Correct. But I mean, I, the, and this is that parody that we're talking about. I don't know if there's a safe bet across the board. My safe bet in the NFC is the Eagles. I, I truly believe this, despite their schedule, that they are as good as advertised. And I've said that a couple times. Um, yep. I don't believe in the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Giants. I Like the Niners, if they get hot at the right time, I, I would put a bet there. Hmm? The Seahawks, I'm not betting on. The Vikings, I'm not betting on. Nobody from the NFC South deserves to have money thrown anywhere near them. And uh, I mean... I'm not trying to be, you know, okay, you know what? I am going to be the homer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm filling in for Matt. So I'm going to be the homer. I bet that if the bills can get healthy, they're that bet for me. They haven't been healthy all year. And possibly, you know, we just talked about losing probably the biggest, most important piece on any team ever anywhere could be out for, God knows how long, but I mean, I don't know. I, the bills, uh, the bills and the, the bills and the chief. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in the Ravens. Um, 
I don't think as good as the rate or as good as the Bengals look sometime, that's as bad as they look other times. I don't know if I'm taking that bet. Yeah. It's not a confident bet. I mean, the Ravens are the same way. There's games. They look like world beaters and there's other games. You're like, I, I was told this dude learned how to throw. Right. I, you know, they're still hot and cold. So and if I lost their number one wide out. Yes. Now, so. Yes. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm putting bets on one team from each side, I'm, I'm betting the Eagles for sure. If you're saying, okay, you can't take the Eagles cause that's, you know, that's the easy one Then I, then I'm taking the 49ers and barring a long-term injury for Josh, I'm taking the bills and then the chiefs cause they've been there. Yeah. I, I, I would also say if I may had to make it another pick besides the chiefs and besides the bills, I probably would still stick with the Bengals. Only because I do feel like, like there's so much good talent on that team, and they're still so young that you know, young, dumb, full of you know what, and they they can you know will themselves into some pretty weird places. So I mean, that's what they did last year. They had no business getting past Tennessee. Your quarterback was sacked nine times. You had no business advancing to the next round, but you did. You just kept finding a way to do it. So. Yeah, they would do that. How about, I mean, the the Dolphins are third in the division, but they're clearly, you know, kind of finding themselves and they're they're playing pretty good balanced, you know, offense and defense right now. I They're probably a pretty good bet, too, if you're trying to make more money out of it. But I wouldn't put them anywhere near, you know, Chiefs or Bills. No. And, yeah, I mean, and this is an, this is an interesting one. I was talking to um a buddy of mine about like we were sitting there watching the Bengals game uh when they were playing the dolphins and you know we were sitting there talking about it going you know ah what you know what one first off one big hit and two is gonna die and lo and behold we weren't overly incorrect but um you know when two went down and everyone started going off like, oh my God, that's huge, that's huge, that's huge. You know, the you know, the Dolphins are gonna lose, blah, blah, blah. You know, my buddy's sitting there going, I don't know, man. I I I want I I am not afraid of the Dolphins. I still believe Tua has limitations. And despite the talent around him, they're only going to go as far as he can take them. Because at some point he's gonna face teams that are going to make him have to make plays and not get bailed out by a dude catching a ball three yards deep and taking it 70 yards. Right. So at some point, he's going to have to be the one making plays. What I don't want, and what, like, what I would love to see is Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow is, I mean, he is he one throw away from being a Super Bowl champion already. If, you know, you, you one more lot, that game switches, and all of a sudden they're four and five, maybe we're not so confident in them. You know, and maybe with the entire, I mean, if they're, they're four and five right now, the entire AFC East is ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, two of the three teams in the West are ahead of them. They're not in the playoffs right now. And I don't know about you. I don't want to see a six or seven seed Joe Burrow. No, no. I don't care if I see a six or seven seed Tua because I don't think Tua beats us outright. I don't know. There's something about 
what Shanahan did with Garoppolo that'll keep let me keep defending teams that are built in a similar fashion. Strong defenses, which the Dolphins aren't great, but it's you know they're strong defense. I would say I don't. I wouldn't say they're strong. I would say they're opportunistic. Okay. But they, you can get by like that. Offense doesn't rely on having elite quarterback play. It, it is a system. Like Tua can will be classified as a system quarterback if he continues to be productive. Right, but I like Jared I don't. Goff. It's the same thing. Jared Goff in the McVay system. Look what he did: four thousand yards, forty touchdowns, or almost almost forty touchdowns. Right. I just I don't think like if I if I'm if I'm the Bills and I'm because we're both Bills fans and this will be where we wrap up. We're both Bills fans and you're sitting in the say say you're sitting in the two seed. You know, Josh is out for a couple of weeks. We falter a little bit. Still still take the division, but the Chiefs squeak out the one seed, which pisses off off the world because that just sucks. But now we're the two seed. Would you rather see a seven seed Miami Dolphins or a seven seed Cincinnati Bengals. Dolphins. It's exactly. still the Dolphins. And and, exactly. and mostly because uh, I like my head coach like he only played McDaniels once, but you know, his his track record against that franchise has been good. Um we'll get a shot at the Bengals, which is cool. So we'll see. We'll go to an early test late in the season. Yeah. And uh McDaniels is a clown. Every time most, that dude talks, I want to punch him in the face. Most punchable face. Yeah. I said this to uh, the sideline scout. Um, shout out. Follow, follow his site, by the way, on Facebook, the sideline scout. Uh, Bryce is doing great work over there. Anyways, um, I see he, he, he had a clip of he just, McDaniel's just an offensive genius, which is, I, I thought a little far, but in the same time, I get it. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, don't you want to just punch him in the face? And he goes, you'll get him back. <laughs> like he immediately, he's like, I get it. Bill's fan. You're good. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't call him an offensive genius. They that offensive game plan is get the ball to get the ball into a guy's hands who runs faster than everybody else in the field and tell everybody how good your quarterback is. Yeah. I don't need to go off on, on McDaniel again. I've done it enough. He'll, he'll do something stupid enough to give me that opportunity later in the season. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Discussion Topics here on the Two Point Conversation. Two Point part of the BICBP Radio Network. Find us online, BACBP-radio.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Find us on Facebook, all the cool, fun stuff. I think that's more my spiel at the end of my shows, but eh, whatever. I'm the host today. So on behalf of myself, my co-host here tonight, Brian, and the the podfather who is, you know, outworking, doing stuff, and I don't know probably buying his dog gifts because that feels like something he would do. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week. And as always, the two point conversation is good.